0: Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we
1: navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles
0: and how it's all about the mindset. So this episode, It's a quick little update into what Sean and I have been going through in the last week. And we center around the idea of small wins. What are small wins that we have done and what we can use as small wins to kind of keep going forward every single day?
1: Yeah, this is a build off of last week's topic that James brought up of taking bite-sized chunks out of your
0: day-to-day. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. My name is James. This is Sean. And now that makes this Startup Struggles. All about you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Startup Struggles. A struggle of us right now. Yeah. Because we are the
0: sole startup that we're working on, I feel like. Or we're focusing on, I should say. Yeah. And right before we started recording this, we were talking about small wins. And in the startup of you no matter what you're starting, whatever you're trying to do, whether it's develop your career further, or even the simple thing of starting a new habit, it all starts with very small wins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just some quick updates. You want to go first, James? So in the last couple of weeks, actually, I've been interviewing for a completely new position, new job. My background has mainly been in startups, in operations and product And I have been looking to join a sales team. It's something completely new for me. I never thought that I would be a salesperson or thinking that I would ever go into sales. Mm. But over the last year, I've kind of realized that actually sales is everywhere. Yeah, No matter what, even between friends, even between family, even in if your role is in operations, every action, email, anything that you do, there is a sales component. And I thought it would be really interesting to learn this kind of skill very firsthand by going back in the corporate, going back into nine to five type setting and understanding that this skill can be applied in every aspect of my life. And it's a big decision that I made. Think about uh, going back into the corporate world after being away for, man, two years now, three years. Yeah. Which in the grand scheme of things, not that long. (laughs) Yeah, it really isn't. It really isn't. I think the big deal is, so I've had a few interviews already and the interviews have been asking somewhat centered around, why are you doing this? And a lot of friends that I talk to also are like, why are you doing this? Are you willing to go back into a corporate environment and starting over from the bottom? Yeah. And I kind of like that in some way though. You're starting something new and you can't jump into higher level things so right away without knowing what it is that you're working on. Starting at the bottom is just very, gives you easy goals to hit, having the small wins every single day. Yeah. It's very interesting. You just said the same thing in two different ways, right? You framed it as starting
1: from the bottom, but you also said starting something new. Mm -hmm. And I think depending on kind of how you internalize that for someone listening, if, if starting from the bottom sounds too discouraging, (laughs) right? (laughs) then think of it just starting something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because I don't think of golf as starting from the bottom, (laughs) even though I'm actually at the top, starting from the top. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Working your score down.
1: (laughs) With a 126, right? I'm
0: trying to get my score
1: down. Although I did hit a 98 on Sunday. Dude, that's awesome. An executive course though. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But it's starting something new. Starting something new. You're absolutely right. You have easy wins, tying it back to small wins, there's so many small wins you can capture, at least small wins that are recognizable and that you are willing to accept. Because I think as things get more advanced or as you get further along, we are almost less willing to accept small wins because you stop recognizing those small wins. It's not that they're not there. It's just that as success begets more success,
0: what's defined as small becomes bigger and bigger, I think, in my opinion. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you've already tasted the big wins, so you want that that rush. You want an even slightly bigger small win, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But by then, it's like
1: a monumental win, you know. And I've been thinking about that a lot as well for myself. So I'm glad you are taking this path and starting something new. Thank you. In addition to that, it's a new
0: industry as well, right? I'm interested in the energy industry. And the story that I tell about why energy actually doesn't come from Like my story is just, what makes me feel something? And oddly enough, it's the stories of polar bears drowning that really started this track. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when I think of polar bears drowning, it makes me super sad. It's like because the ice caps are melting, they have less areas to roam around to get food. So they have to get further and further out and they have to swim further out to find food. And polar bears actually are really powerful swimmers. They, they can swim large distances. When I think about polar bears drowning, something that's so strong and like majestic, and it drowns because of what is happening to the world, it makes me feel emotionally, it makes me feel like I want to do something about that. Yeah. And I know it's strange. It's a roundabout way to go towards energy, but it also is, I want to stay true to what I believe in. Yeah like what makes me feel something. And that really tugs at me and more than a lot of other things, you know, like everything we do, a lot of times when we go for a new job, you hear the advice of think of a problem that you want to solve and go solve that problem, right? Even for you, clever, that was all based on the idea that you wanted to solve some problem for audio, for podcasters. Right. And it starts from there. And for me, a lot of the startups that I joined was because I I wanted to solve some kind of problem. But this one seems more of a greater good for the world. Mm-hmm. It feels almost like environmental friendly. Not that I'm I've been like a huge environmentalist at all, but it's just a small role that I can play. Hey,
1: it's a place to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a new beginning on this journey. I think that's amazing. It is one of those things where I don't think you're anyone's born environmentalist. It's small actions or small steps that you take towards something that then build up, like caring about the environment. When I see trash on the ground, I pick it up. I don't like get angry at why people are throwing trash. I just fucking pick it up. Right? <laughs> I learned that in California, at least in my area, in Irvine, you can't recycle plastic bags in the recycling bin. You can't even put your recycling goods in the recycling bin, like in a bag. You're not supposed to put it in a trash bag and then put it in the recycling bin because whatever it is locally, they can't process plastic bags like that. And so I could just throw it away, which is what I used to do. And I was like, I saw Home Depot that you can bring bags in. Uh I was like, all right. So I literally just have a collection of bags every week. (laughs) Anything plastic baggy. Oh, okay like wrapping, whatever it is. And I just take that Home Depot and turn that in. And it's such a small, benign thing, in my opinion, but I feel like it builds upon another action where it's like, I care about this more than just saying I care. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. Thanks, man. Looking forward to any updates in this and in coming episodes. So definitely keep on top of this for listeners. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Yeah, my end, small wins, revolver on golf. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor so this is why i picked up golf you like start making friends it's a very social sport and lo and behold my one of my retired neighbors he plays golf and uh, of course he was like hey let's go play sometime and so we went to the the range together two nights ago he literally looked at my swings and he just made me correct one thing oh sweet and then all oh, my balls are just hitting consistent because I've been getting lessons every two weeks and correcting like my grip, correcting different things and just learning things. But I sometimes feel like my coach or my instructor intentionally holds back and telling me new things because it almost like he doesn't say anything until I ask him like, all right, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? Either he's not a good coach or he's just like,
0: all right, well, I'm just going to milk it. (laughs) Yeah. Versus actually telling him how to fix it. He's not motivated by your success. He's motivated by how many more lessons he can get out of you. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't realize that because I thought
1: maybe this is just a long game. And but either way, correct one thing and I'm already swinging better. Nice. What was the correction? It was when I rotated, I brought my arms out too much. And so I would reach out mm-hmm. as I was rotating. I would basically lean right. I would lean out as I was rotating. Hmm. And part of the reason I was doing that is because when my coach taught me to move for my upswing, he had me rotate my shoulders first with my arms straight and then bend my wrist and then continue. And so for some odd reason in my mind, I just connected it as since I'm rotating my shoulders first, that I'm I ended up reaching out versus he just had me rotate my wrist immediately first and then rotate my shoulders. And that kept my body just centered yeah. versus like leaning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And that just, that one correction, all my balls started going straight. <laughs> like It was so crazy. Literally just starting here, turn your wrists like how you're supposed to, and then rotating your shoulders. Anyway, it's just like a minor thing to get that feel for keeping my right elbow in because then... I'm not trying to do too many things as I'm swinging up. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, but I can't wait to go play to see how many strokes that removed. Cause I, he was just like, don't even worry about power. Just consistently make contact. And the other thing he had me do was for my drives, nobody told me to drive slower. (laughs) Like he was like, just drive slower, not just the upswing, but downswing as well. Just drive slower. Just consistently try to make contact, hit the sweet spot. And I was like, you can drive slower? (laughs) 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 Like like in my head, every time I bring the club up, I just want to fucking whack the shit out of the ball. That's the three-quarter swing. But see, even then, I do the three-quarter swing, but it's still like when I come down, oh, I still want to just like unwind. Just crush the ball. Yeah. I just want to crush it. Yeah. Versus just like go up and then come down. And yeah, you're not hitting that far, but trying to find that sweet spot feel. He's like, you should find your sweet spot first and then improve on crushing the ball, you know? Yeah. So those two things are going to save me a lot of balls.
0: (laughs) Dude, can't lose those Pro V1s, man. Yeah, I lost two the other day. (laughs) Oh man, for listeners, Pro V1s are very expensive golf balls. (laughs) Like $4 a piece. Yeah. $50 for 12,
1: $4.20 a piece don't want to lose those. But I did pick up, I don't know why at that course I was at on Sunday, nobody picked up their balls in the water. And so I literally around the edge of the water, I picked up like 10 balls. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And they were pretty decent balls too. Found a Pro V1 in there. (laughs) No, I did not. I I mean, I was looking for my ball. That's why I picked them up. Uh, And I was continually disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I guess 10 balls equals one Pro V1. Yeah, pretty much. Or two of them. Because the Costco walls are like a dollar a piece, $1.20 a piece, I think. Anyway, that's, those are some of the small wins on the golf side. But personally, I think on the work side as well, just really tackling little things like taking that advice that you gave last week, right? Just taking little bite-sized chunks of tasks. And I've been doing that with a lot of the housework as well because for the past year, I mentioned this before, I've just been neglecting a lot of things around the house. Mm-hmm. Like furnishing the place. (laughs) Yeah. Little things like that. Doing our backyard and and all this stuff. And just cleaning out the garage. I don't think I sent you this photo. I bought a rack last week. Wow. Like a ceiling rack. Because we have really tall ceilings in the garage. I think like 12 foot ceilings. Oh, like Hezong. Yeah, install a rack. Exactly. And then um, bought some like wall railings to hang stuff. Like a wall rail system. Mm -hmm. I'll send you a photo. It's I'm pretty proud of it dude you're you're full-on dad mode here yeah but these are the things that like like the garage has always been just a mess because we just moved in and just put everything everywhere it's just storage it's just storage yeah but at least now it's organized we know where everything is there's stuff to donate we donate things and so it's good and i bought a fridge finally for the garage oh it's coming today (laughs) you didn't have a second fridge no no and when my parents come, we literally have eight people in the house. Yeah, you, you need that. And we're all just in
0: one fridge. And now with the baby on the way, it's going to be like nine people in the house. Man, sorry. I just said something that makes me think, wow, I, I'm uh, such a first world person. Like, you don't have a second fridge? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> sorry, I don't mean that in any <laughs> bad way. No, no, no. You know what I was surprised about, though? Like
1: how relatively inexpensive, a garage fridge. I thought a garage fridge would be more. I mean, there is a pricey garage fridge made by Gladiator. Uh-huh. What's a garage fridge? So refrigerators, they're designed to operate in a certain environment and certain temperature, right? Garages, whether it's from Michigan to California, they have very extreme temperature swings from like freezing oh. to, to like 100 plus degrees. Yeah, yeah. And so if it's not designed... For a garage, then it can't handle those swings well, and it'll actually overwork. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Either like it's not sealed as well, or um, there's no fans to run additional fans that are built in the fridge. So Samsung has this garage fridge for like 700 bucks, which is for fridges, it's pretty freaking cheap. And it's like really Hmm. well-designed because in-house ones are usually like two, three grand. Right. And also some of the garages don't have like the water dispenser or like a vice maker. Like you don't need that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just need it to open and close. Exactly. Keep stuff cold. Yeah. So little things like that, small wins, just been feeling good about getting things done. GTD. <laughs> tiny satisfaction from tiny wins. Yeah. And initially, you know, what I struggled the most with was feeling like, oh, this is all not work. It's not being productive. Mm-hmm. Me going on the way to break down every fucking cardboard box so that it fits in the <laughs> recycling bin. You know, it's not real work. But it's like, no, everything is productive. And this is something I was trying to discuss with my buddy the other day. He's been going to the gym a lot more as well and just being more active. And he's like, I feel like it's going to help me become more productive. And I was like, I think as a society, we need to redefine what productivity even means. Right? Like you going to the gym consistently is productive in of itself for your life.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like redefining success, redefining productivity, redefining wins, maybe even. I was just going to say that. I think if there's a good exercise that comes out of this
1: conversation is that we should periodically, at least quarterly, redefine like what a win means for us. Right. I think success is such a so broad. It's a very broad hand wavy word, right? Success. It's like you either have, you don't. (laughs) We're just like small wins. You know, it's like Yeah. Success feels like once you got it, you should have it. Yeah. But the reality is nothing's permanent. And that's something that's covered in radical acceptance, which we'll talk more about in coming weeks. But yeah, you know, the permanence or impermanence of things is something that I think the human mind struggles to understand. That's pretty much the past week or so. And I really hope to
0: first see you in person
1: sometime soon, James. We got to plan that.
0: Yeah. It'd be nice. Sounds good. Okay. That's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for listening to our short abbreviated week, but hope you guys have a good one. Chat with you guys next week. Take care.